This weekly broadcast is presented to you by Cornerstone Bible Center, located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you subscribe to this podcast, please send us an email at in-depth-bible-teaching at yahoo.com. And now, here's our teacher, Alex Del Percio. Book of Leviticus that, you know, they, they don't want to bother a Christian reading it. What they were saying is, uh, I would have to just endure, you know, each chapter. But I, I think there's so much in the book that it's amazing. And, and each of these chapters, there's more there, but we don't have the time to really go into it in, you know, more detail. Now this morning, let's turn to chapter 13, and what I want to do, that's a little too loud, it's, yeah, but echo. Uh, I want to look at chapter 13, and hopefully uh, just touch on chapter 14, because chapter 14, when we get there, I, I don't know if we'll have much time to do anything with it, but... Chapter 14 has the strangest offering in the Bible. I mean, if you want to call anything, and, and you hear this word bizarre, this, this uh, offering there is that. But whenever you see some of the meanings behind it, you'll start to understand what the Lord was doing here. You know, many of these things are, are shrouded, so we cannot see them. It takes the Spirit of God at work in our heart, illuminating our, our um, spirit to see certain things. Now, this chapter, chapter 13, now what we're going to do is lift certain verses. We can't do a verse for verse here, so we'll be looking at certain verses and I'll move around, um, not necessarily in order uh, uh, pull certain verses out and we'll, we'll look at those. But this chapter was the, the uh, law for the control of leprosy. Now, the one who was suspected of having leprosy was brought to the priest, and it would be Aaron or his sons, or, and after them, of course, there were other priests, but they would determine whether the individual had leprosy or they didn't. Now, we're going to start with the, um, two verses here. Verse 2. Let's read verse 1. And, and the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man shall have uh, the skin of his flesh a, a rising, uh, or, or that would be a swelling, a scab would be like a lesion, uh, or a bright spot, and it be the, the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy, then he shall be brought unto Aaron the priest, or unto one of uh, the sons of the priest. So the priest was the one that God gave the wisdom to, to be able to discern and, and look at that, and he would be able, because of the office that he held as the priest, he would be able to, to uh, determine or discern what was going on in the individual, you know, in their body. They're going to show him uh, this sore, this lesion, this rash, whatever it may be. And, and, and 
I'll say this, there are different types of leprosy, and this also covered other skin diseases and uh, rashes and, and what, what, what have you. They were brought to the priest, and he would examine that, and he would make a determination what was going on uh, in the body there of the individual. Now, God graces uh, individuals who stand in positions of authority to be able to discern, as we see in 1 Corinthians, discern spirits so that they are in a position where God has worked in their life, opened their eyes, they have, have a degree of purity in their heart and life, and the Lord will use them to discern what is going on in the spirit of another individual because of, of reason of the office or the position that they hold. And, and that's evident, as I said, in Corinthians where God graces people with certain uh, gifts. As it says in Leviticus 11, so that the priest would be able to distinguish between clean and unclean, and that is something that today in the church is, is very needed, very needed. Now, in verse 3, remember this, that the priest here is going to make a determination based upon God's word. God gave him instructions here uh, in order to identify how to identify what is going on. And then you would also have the experience of that individual priest so that if he's been doing this for some time, and, and he's been, been uh, doing it correctly according to the word of God, then he would be able to use the word and his experience to help him to see what exactly is going on uh, with this person. In verse 3, And the priest shall look on the plague in the skin of the flesh, and when the hair in the plague is turned white, and the plague... Uh, in, in sight be deeper than the skin of his flesh. And he's talking about a lesion where it's not a surface thing. It would be like, like a wound where it would be open. It is the plague of leprosy, and the priest shall look on him and pronounce him unclean. Now, the NIV says that the priest is to examine. So, so there were certain criteria. When, whenever uh, the individual would come before the priest... And the priest would look at this. Now, let's say he didn't know for sure what was going on. He would pronounce him unclean for seven days. Now, let's say it, it, it may be leprosy. It may not be leprosy. He was not sure. So he would, he would tell him, you are unclean for seven days. And he had to be, uh, if you will, quarantined, not be around people. And then he would come after seven days, he would stand before the priest, and the priest would, would look at him again. And if it looked as if, and I'm paraphrasing this from verse 4 through 7, if it looked as if it got deeper and it spread, then the priest would pronounce the individual as having leprosy. But if it looked as though it started to heal, and um, you didn't have as much of a lesion, or... If 
the wound or the sore wasn't quite deep, uh, very deep. It didn't get any deeper, and it was starting to, to heal. Then the, per, the priest would pronounce him unclean for seven more days, and then he would be clean and be brought back into the, um, the congregation. Now, I had some photos here. I just want you to look at these. Pass them around quickly. And there's two here. One is the picture of a 24-year-old man with leprosy, and this is one picture of a leper. And I didn't do some of the more graphic ones because it probably wouldn't, you probably wouldn't uh, want to see it. But um, I went on the Internet. Pass them back quickly. Went on the Internet and, and downloaded them. You know, the leprosy was a hideous disease. It was probably the most dread disease of its day. How many here have ever seen a leper? Anybody? Okay, beginning stage, middle stage. See, there's different stages. We're going to look at that in a little bit. But it's practically um, like polio in this country. There are very few cases uh, at all in the United States. But whenever you go overseas... Uh, Asia, and in particular India, uh, some other countries in Asia, Africa, but mainly from what I could see, uh, India for some reason, there are a lot of cases of, of leprosy there. Now, back then, it was fatal most of the time, but not all of the time. There were those who recovered. They would have, and I'm getting ahead of myself, they would have a... Um, a treatment, whatever that treatment was of the day, in some cases it did work and helped the people when they recovered from leprosy. But the priest here was to, to see or to examine. It says in the, um, the King James he was to um, examine the sore or to look upon the plague. And then he's going to determine what needs to be done, what action is to be taken, is he to pronounce leprosy there? Now, I passed the photos around. Leprosy is contagious. It's a very hideous disease. Uh, it is um, a terrifying, really, disease coming down with something like that. Now, today we have antibiotics, and they have a, a treatment for it. But in countries where they don't have, um, what do they call that, where you use multiple antibiotics? I can't remember. But that's, that is the, the, uh, the regimen for uh, leprosy. But of all the diseases you know, known at that time, I believe God chose this particular disease to be the one to represent, I believe, the hideousness, the ugliness, the contamination of sin. And when you look at the disease and you start to see some of the things that occur with the disease, you can see a direct parallel to sin and how sin works in the human nature, be it you know, unsaved or a Christian who is moving 
uh, in sin. So it represents the pollution or, if you will, the ugliness, the disdain uh, of sin. Now, leprosy, like sin, begins small, then it progresses and continues on and eventually will cause death, just like sin. Now, in Ezekiel, you don't have to turn there. I, I, I put these in my notes so we can continue moving here. Ezekiel 18.20, the soul that sinneth shall die. Galatians 6.8, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption or eventually death. With leprosy, there is a slow consuming of the body. And this is, what, this is what I pulled off the internet. It starts with skin lesions. That's what the priest is looking at. Uh, the body parts begin to decay. As you see in that one picture, the hand, the fingers. Uh, one, one picture I, I saw yesterday, all the fingers of this woman were, you know, just all just, they just, I don't know what they, whether they rot off or they just, the body consumes it. She had no toes, and instead of having a normal-sized foot, it was just shrunk down to it was very small. I've seen two cases there where what happens is the, in the face, the, the hair falls off, and the, the nose actually sinks into the face and disappears. So there's two little holes there. Very hideous disease. Um, skin lesions, the body parts begin to de decay. The gums rot. The teeth disappear, the hands and feet uh, wither away, the, the hair falls off, and, and so off. With sin, it's the same thing. But see, we cannot see in spirit, and we don't see how sin devours the whole nature of man. You hear these you know, young Christians, and they say, boy, I can't go do what I, what I wanted to do. And it's like, you know, now I have to be a Christian, I have to walk a different way. You don't know how blessed you are to get away from the old life, to get away from uh, the sin that will take and begin to break down your spirit, causing in spirit your nose to sink, your hands to wither, your feet to disappear, your nose to cave in, your hair to fall out. That, that's how people are walking around, and they don't understand, they don't see. One of the uh, things I, I found that this was very interesting, you know, you read about some of these things and, that I didn't know, and maybe some of you know this, but with leprosy, you don't have the pain associated with most diseases. And that reminded me right away of sin, because you have people who are, you know, riding around in their, their big cars, and uh, they have a nice house, and a lot of money, and it seems like for some people, everything goes right, nothing goes wrong, and their life is, you know, going really nice, and they're walking around with the shirt, life is good shirt, you know, and there they go, and things are good, but they do not see what sin is doing, see, because there, there's no pain associated with it, like leprosy, with some, in some people, 
no pain associated with that. So they continue on with their life as it is until they disappear, until they're, they're dead, until leprosy, the sin of leprosy, kills them, takes them out. Sin, in God's eyes, is very, very, very ugly. In Matthew, turn to Matthew 15. Hold your place in Leviticus 13. Matthew 15, verse 19. Now, Jesus here gives us a picture of spiritual leprosy. Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies, these are the things which defile a man. See, that's the problem with man. That is spiritual leprosy. That is the hideous disease that Jesus saw. James says, And when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, it brings forth death. Same thing. You see the same pattern there as with uh, leprosy. Now, sin is contagious just like leprosy. You get around certain people and you make that your place of abode with those people, their sin will affect you. You may think it doesn't. If you are fellowshipping with the world, their sin will affect you and cause you, in many cases, to become, in, in some degree, like them. So the priest here was to do two things. He was to determine if this was leprosy. And the second thing he was to do was he was to prevent the spread of that throughout the camp. Now, how many of you have heard of the Black Plague? How about the bubonic plague? Same thing. Now, if you do some reading on the bubonic plague, the bubonic plague was in the 1300s. And, and I didn't know this, but they had incidents of bubonic plague century after century after century for like seven or eight centuries. But the, the worst was the, the 13th century when it killed one-third of the population of Europe. Started in China by uh, fleas on rats. They call it the flea rat. Rat flea, sorry. <laughs> the rat flea. And it you know, bit, bit a couple people, and the, the plague started from China, spread up through Asia. Ships went to, to um, Italy. And when it came into Italy, the plague started and spread up through, all through, through Europe. Hideous disease. Now, in the Bible here, in chapter 13, I've got to keep moving. We're getting way behind. Chapter 13 here, another uh, title for this chapter, and, and it's not a title that I gave. It, it's something when you start reading, you see. It's called The Laws of Quarantine. And this here I took off of um, Nova. You've heard of Nova. Their website. Let me read this. When the Black Plague was killing much of Europe uh, prior to the Renaissance, much people, desperate nations turned to the church for guidance. I thought that was rather interesting. When there's, when there's a problem, they turn to the church. 
And, and I heard, heard something else that will go along with this. Uh, returning to the Old Testament law of Moses, I heard that in one country they went to one preacher and he says, I, I know the cure for the bubonic plague. And they were desperate and they asked him, well, what is it? He said, turn to Leviticus 13. He says, and start to institute the laws of quarantine. And when they did, it took a while, a little while, and the plague started to subside in that country. I think it was England, but I'm not sure. Returning to the Old Testament laws of Moses, they instituted principles practiced by the Israelites for dealing with disease like leprosy, for handling of the dead, and for waste disposal. Quarantine is well understood today as the means of controlling infectious disease. In the days of Moses and the days of the Black Plague, however, God's command, Leviticus 13, had to be obeyed without, uh, without people knowing why. See, back then, they obeyed. They didn't know why they were doing it. They didn't really have to. Just like today, we don't need to know and have all the answers, why God this, why God that. All we need to do is be obedient because certain things will happen for, for the better or for our good or for our life. Uh, the entire chapter of, of Leviticus 13 discusses disease and illnesses, diagnosis, okay, etc. Um, and then they quote this one verse. Now, those of you who have gone into the hospital, I know we all have. When you go into the emergency room, what do they, when they dress up in their gowns, what do they put on their face? They put something over, over their nose? Why do they do that? Somebody tell me. And the individual that's there from airborne germs and viruses, bacteria or whatever, do you know that that comes from Leviticus 13? And I'll show you that. Does anybody have another? Anybody have the NIV here? No NIV, okay. Verse 45. And the leper to, uh, in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, and his head bare, and he shall put a cover upon his upper lip. Another translation says that he shall cover the lower part of his face. So, so they would put a cover over here, and that would keep the leprosy or whatever germ was there from spreading. See, that was the bot. When you go into the hospital... And you see uh, someone coming out of the operating room with, their, with the little thing over their face. That testifies that God and his word are true. Because they're doing that because of what science today? Well, yeah, but they didn't need to have science then. All they needed to do is what, what God said, and, and that was something that helped to contain that disease. The measures that, that not just that part, but, but the other things we're seeing in, the, in these chapters. So I thought that was very interesting that even the medical community testifies that God's word is true. That's how I see that. Okay, back in 13, verse... We're going to read verse 44. This is how uh, God views sin as being unclean. <clears throat> see, many times we don't see sin as unclean. You know, we see it, oh, well, that's not too bad. 
or, or, you know, it could be worse. You know, we view it different than God does. Verse 44, he is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is in his head. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent or torn, and his head bare, and he shall put a cover upon his upper lip, and shall cry, unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he is unclean, he shall dwell alone, without the camp shall his habitation be. So, so what would take place is they would have to rent or tear their clothes. They would have to put a piece of cloth over their face. And they would have to be outside. And they would have to walk around where they were. If they were coming in contact, not this close contact, but if they were anywhere near anyone coming by, they would have to yell, unclean. Unclean, unclean, according to God's word. So that the person would know that that individual was infected with leprosy. Boy, what would it be like if every person who was living in sin would have to walk around yelling, unclean, 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 so the Christian could stay away from them. So they would not become contaminated with this infectious disease called sin. So God places these measures, you know, intact in here in order to protect other people. But, you know, we don't view sin in the same way that God does unless he really illuminates us. Unless he really opens our eyes to see how destructive sin is, starting just as a little sore and progressing into lesions all over the body and a wasting away of the body parts, if we could only view sin that way, we would be running to the altar and we would say, Lord, Lord, help me, unclean, unclean. Isaiah says, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. See, he had a vision of God, the holiness of God, and that caused him to see how leprosy, this leprosy like sin, will eat away at the human nature, and, and do a very destructive thing there. Turn to Isaiah chapter 1. I'll read from Psalm, Psalm 38, verse 3. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. For my loins are filled with a loathsome disease. He's talking about spiritual leprosy here. And there is no soundness in my flesh. My lovers and my friends stand aloft from my sore. And my kinsmen stand afar off. Standing over there. 
because of my sin. And in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 4. Now, he's talking here, look in verse 2, about those who have rebelled, the Israelites who have rebelled against me, God says. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, they are gone away backwards. Why should ye be stricken any more? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart is faint. From the soles of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and petrifying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. In other words, he's saying that the ointment was not applied. Now, he's talking here about spiritual leprosy, bruises, petrifying sores, and wounds that could have had the ointment of the Holy Spirit applied to them to where they may possibly heal. And I told you that there was... Um, a remedy or a, a treatment, if you will, not a remedy, a treatment for uh, leprosy back then, and, and we, we're not told what it was, but I, it was probably something to do with, with ointment or oil that, that they, they put on the person, and some of them recovered. And boy, I'll tell you what, if that isn't a type of today where you have people who the Spirit of God will come and He will, will cause the anointing oil of His Spirit to flow upon them in hope that they would be healed in their spirit and walk with Him the way they should walk. It's, it's just like the parallels are just really something. See, that's how God views sin. Putrefying sores. Wasting away of the limbs like a leper. That's how he sees it. But people want to hold on to their sin. Christians want to hold on to their sins. And God wants to deal with them. And God wants to, to touch them and, and, and get them out of, of the individual so that they're no longer here, out here, uh, away from the camp but that they would be brought back in, into the place where God wants them to move in the body and, and to be a whole and to function in the, in the purpose and the plan of the Lord for them. But as I said, you know, we view sin different. And you can read the scriptures and you can see how God looks at it he doesn't wink at sin. He doesn't say a little bit of sin in your life is okay. He says that's a putrefying sore and you need the, the ointment of the Holy Spirit poured in there so that there's a change in your life so that you can walk according to the Spirit. But see, some, they get this small rash and they start to get this opening 
And as we saw in verse 3 and 4, or 2 and 3, they don't want to come to the priest. Oh, Jesus, you are the great high priest. Oh, yes? Is that true? Well, come to me, he says. Bring your putrefied sores and your bruises and your wounds so that I can pour the ointment in and you will be healed. But no, sometimes people want to hold on to their sin and they want to hide their sin. Well, they may hide it from other people, but they're not hiding it from God. God wants to work in their life because they're in the beginning stages many times of spiritual leprosy. I want to read this from the Amplified. Here it is. It's Leviticus 13. This is, there, there's a bunch of verses in here. We're not going to get to them. Maybe we'll finish with this, this uh, chapter and we'll do 14 next week. But in, um, in verse 9, I want to read this. When the disease of leprosy is in a man, he shall be brought to the priest. Well, that's, that's nice. Now, you know, <laughs> if you've been a Christian for a while, you know the Lord deals with certain things in our life. Why does the Lord deal with certain things in your life that aren't right? Because he wants to correct them. He wants to change that. And, and most of all, he wants to change you on the inside. And so if you've been walking with the Lord, let's say for 10 years, then you have experienced that in, in different areas, hopefully, of your life where God, you know, took care of this particular thing that was a problem. He took care of this thing and this thing. And the longer you walk with God, you, you have this history, so to speak, all these different things that God has taken out of your life over the years. Really tremendous. Verse 10. And the priest shall examine him. And if there is a, a white swelling in the skin, and the hair on it has turned white, and there is a quick raw flesh in the swelling, it is a chronic leprosy in the skin of his body. And the priest shall pronounce him unclean. He shall not bind, uh, bind the spot, for he is unclean. Now, in verse 10, I think this is the same in the King James, it says that there is a quick, raw flesh. See, this is talking about um, chronic leprosy. This is, so what, what occurred was, at one point in time, they came to the priest, and there, there was an outbreak in the body, and because of the treatment of the day, it was healed, they were healed from their leprosy, and they went on their way just like we have been healed in certain areas of our spirit. But now, the individual has come back, and, and there is again the same problem, and it's called here uh, quick raw flesh in the swelling. So, in other words, that which was, which was taken care of before, now the individual has it again, and they have to go to the priest, and they have to be treated in order for them to possibly recover. 
If not, then that's something different. But he, they call this chronic leprosy. Some Christians have chronic leprosy. Certain thing, God takes care of it. And then they go back to doing the same thing that they did before. And that disease that was taken care of, now it pops up again, and they have to be brought to the priest again. And there is Jesus, the great high priest, willing to bring them out. Not so long ago, here in the church, there was an outbreak of spiritual leprosy. And God wanted to deal with it, and he wanted to bring certain people to the great high priest. Now see, there is healing, there is restoration, but see, there has to be a time of quarantine. Just like the priest says, he examines it, seven days, you're outside the camp, you come before me in seven days, I'll look upon it again, See what's going on there with that, on, your, on your skin with this leprosy? To see if it has spread, if the infection has gotten worse, or it's, been, it's on, on the mend, or it's, it's healed. Then you go back out again for seven days, you stay out. Then you come back, and we'll make a determination then. Well, see, God wanted to bring those outside here with the spiritual leprosy back in. But see, they can't stay in the camp for the benefit of the people because it's an infectious disease. Sin is an infectious disease, and many times God will deal with it so that what is there, whether you know the people in the camp, in the Israelite, whether they saw it or understood, they probably didn't, some of them, some of them knew, some of them didn't know a thing about leprosy. That was the duty of the priest. He's in that position. He's, he has the authority. He's looking at, okay, that is developing into something. You need to be here for a while. Now, we'll see. We'll see what happens now. Will there be a, a restoration? Will the, the, the leprosy now begin to heal? Will this bacteria uh, you know, die off and there be a healing so that the person is not considered unclean and stay out of the camp with leprosy, but now they can come in and be restored because now the disease uh, is healed. There's, there's examples in the scriptures of this, you know. Turn to Revelation. I think it's Revelation. Yes, Revelation 2. I should have read this in the Amplified, but you'll get the point. Verse 20, notwithstanding, I have a few things. This is Jesus speaking uh, to the church at Thyatira. I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest, or you allow the woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. <clears throat> and I gave her a space to repent. You see that? See, see. Now she's out here, see. She, she could be in the church, but see, actually God says she's out here. I'm giving her this space here now to repent. And she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and then them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. So this here is a type of spiritual quarantine. Just like we're seeing the physical law of quarantine and how that stayed the bubonic plague. 
how that um, protected the Israelites in the wilderness against the spread of different kinds of leprosies, skin diseases, and, you know, the like. Quarantine is needed. And, and that's what, what the Lord is saying here in, in chapter 2. Now, we'll stop with, um, go back in Leviticus 13, and we'll continue with this next week. Verse 16. Or if the raw flesh turn again. Now, he's saying that, that if this raw flesh, the, this deep wound, if it turn again, or <clears throat> if, it, if it starts to heal... <clears throat> Excuse me, and be changed unto white, and that's that's assigned to the priest. He gives them instructions to, to what to look for. That that's a sign that, that it's healing. Uh, be changed to unto white. He shall come unto the priest, and the priest shall see him. And behold, if the plague be turned into white, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. That hath the plague, he is clean. So if there is a change. Or spiritually speaking, we're talking about the, the, the comparison between leprosy and sin. If there is a repentance, then the individual now is able to come in and he is considered clean. When there is a repentance of your heart toward God, then you experience the cleanness that comes with that. You know, so, so if you sinned and you know there's something that's going on and you come up, you, you, you know, you, you put yourself up here before God and you repent. You know, if you do it there or whatever, there is a cleanness. You know, it's, it's the same basic principle. The priest or Jesus, the high priest, will pronounce you clean within. Quite something. So repentance here changes Things. It, 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 it takes the person who's outside the camp, who's rejected, and, and brings them in to where they're accepted. I'd like to continue on, but it's going to be another hour. So we'll stop there and keep this in your mind for next week. Read chapter uh, 13 and 14 for next week, please.